evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Like the pillow, it's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Anything Goes with Darren Frost. Darren Frost is not here this uh, week with us. Uh, he is but up it's in Christina Walken Show. It's, it's, it's Christina Walken Show. It's pretty Walken much the show. same thing as Darren Frost. Well, yeah, no, but he would usually do. He well, no, but Darren isn't here. But also in the here we have uh, in the studio is Mr. Boyd Banks. Boyd Banks. I won a contest. Yeah, it was my uh, birthday over the weekend. Actually, I should say this is the week of uh, July second, uh, two thousand twelve. It is uh, both Canada Day and it is the uh, the wrap up of uh, Pride Week here yeah, in Toronto. Gay Pride. Gay Pride. The whole Gay Pride. It co- corresponds my... with Dave Martin's birthday. Also, I know. Ironically, it does. It has nothing to do. They didn't consult me yeah, on that at all. So they tell us. <laughs> they had. A, do you always? I always love it when they always interview someone that has their first time at Pride. Because they always do. They always find someone who's like, and this is a first-time Pride person here. And what did you think of the festival? And they're always, they're always excited. No one's ever like, oh, I thought it would be gayer or it was too gay or anything. <laughs> Nothing ever happens like that. Uh, it was my uh, birthday over the weekend, and Boyd, uh, I had a, a dartboard set up with the entire Yuck yes. Yucks roster Happy on it. Happy birthday day. <laughs> and uh, we threw darts at it, and whoever hit me or one of the people, one of the co-hosts of the show uh, with a dart uh, that evening at the uh, Dominion uh, got to uh, come on board and host the uh, co-host the radio show with us. So uh, Boyd Banks is with us. Uh, Boyd is a uh, uh, remarkably hilarious stand-up oh, comic. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. And uh, you have been in over a hundred movies. Yes. You have uh, fought with Jackie Chan, decapitated yes. by Jason. You've, That's true. You've shot zombies. You've been I zombies. Have. Yes. Um, what? Uh, where else can we go with uh, your uh, highlights of your uh, film and television uh, exploits? I've played seventeen different pedophiles and or child pornographers. I just I met your agent recently <laughs> at uh, seventeen. Were you going out for a pilot on the TV show L.A. Complex? I heard. Was that? Was that? I know. I did. I didn't get it. It's all right. I actually. <laughs> it was. I tell you. I tell you a story. There was a story. I got. I got a, a job offer. I didn't even have to audition. They gave me the role of pedophile. Of a pedophile. And That's it right. wasn't. They said, you know what? They said, you know what? We're not going to have an audition. I got your pedophile for you, <laughs> Boyd Banks. And a second producer said, "Perfect." That was it. And a third producer was on the phone to my agent checking on my availability because that's how fast dreams happen in this business. Do those casting agents know Dave Martin? No, I no. But would they now? Do do they hire? One day you're a nothing. You're a nobody. You can't get arrested at the Eaton Center. The next day, you're a diddler on the TV. And this is just a great country. (laughs) Happy birthday, Canada! Happy birthday, Canada! Land of opportunity. Now, do the, when they cast pedophiles now, do they yeah. ask to, for Boyd Bank type pedophiles? No, you know what? They just, uh, here's the thing. Here's what's, we don't, you know what really hurts? When you go for a pet, I, I played so many pedophiles now, but when I go to actually audition for a pedophile and I don't get it, it hurts. It actually hurts. <laughs> why, do, why, would, why would you not hire me? Do they, per, are you kidding? I'm perfect for this. Do when they start uh, to do a. Uh, I was uh, born to play a pedophile. Oh, what do you mean I didn't get the gig? When I'm they like, have Christ, a sketch artist draw a picture of a me. pedophile, do they start with you and then just narrow it down? 
Well, you know, it's just uh, it's just it's just a gig. I, I, I you know, it's a gig I expect to get. I have a sense of expectancy when I go into that audition room, and you're looking for a diddler. Hello. <laughs> I've been, I, I, and I see the terror in the other actors in the room <laughs> when I audition, <laughs> and I see them go. Well, I'm not getting this. Bullet I'm not getting here. this. No. The, now we, uh, I feel like I drive along the streets of Toronto, and I feel like I should be like a, uh, I should call my sponsor with the scantily clad women walking up and down the street. It's terrible, <laughs> but beautiful at the same time. I'm glad. Do you remember why oh, for a while when they had the whole women being topless? Uh, yeah, well, there was they, lots of topless women yesterday. Well, yesterday for the Pride Parade, but even off the parade, like on Church Street, there was lots of girls just. Just go going going topless. Yeah, dude, for sure. I'm glad that they don't go topless all the time. I just I would, I I personally get into enough car accidents as it is. But that <laughs> that would be would would not be a legitimate excuse to just smash into shit. Of just like, did you check out those boobs? You couldn't do that. Could you get away with that? Saying that that would be a legitimate reason to like drive into the, like a a, a a fruit stand or something. It's no. a distraction. It's like a cell phone for sure. I would agree with that. Personal right? responsibility. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Did you? Uh, now I uh, I went for uh, to remember my uh, birthday well enough. I went for a uh, a, a jump. I went uh, skydiving. I'd never been skydiving before. I mentioned this uh, on the show before, and uh, everyone actually remarked how how brave it was. And I was saying this before we went on the air. I don't think I think the guy, the tandem jump guy that goes with you, he's the bravest because he has potentially has this screaming bag of. Potentially exploding like feces that uh, he's that's strapped <laughs> to his own body. That's true. And if I mean that's I was I was scared, but I almost felt like a very out of body experience. Like I was watching myself in the plane, and it was almost one of those like I can't turn back now. I've done so, it before too. I just did a static line jump, but I will say I think the airplane ride was scarier than the actual jump. I did too. Those airplanes are really small. They're small and they're tiny. And, and there was a there was one part I I got on my knees to just to, before I I got thrown out of the plane with the dude, and uh, I I let a couple of uh, I let a couple of farts rip, and there was all, <laughs> and there was a guy in the plane that said, "Oh, why does somebody always fart?" And then the guy strapped <laughs> to my back. Uh, said that smells like fear, which I was like, oh man, that's a. Well, first I thought he said that smells like beer, and I thought, man, if that if he can sort of like, uh, if he can pick out the smell of farts as opposed to that's like beer, uh, then that's uh, quite exciting. I knew you cropped dust on the way down. I wrote that on your Facebook wall. I knew it. Uh, now uh, we have uh, on the show today. We have a very very funny interview with uh, Mr. Pete Johansson. Uh, he was in town May thirty first uh, of this year, uh, playing at the Yuck Yucks uh, in Toronto. Yeah, and uh, Darren and I uh, had him in the studio, and we uh, we talk about uh, comedy, what he's up to, and we talk about uh, when Pete and I were in uh, uh, London together, and me getting my ankle broken and all that crazy horse shit. Okay. But uh, we got to go off to the break. This is uh, anything goes with Darren Frost. Darren Frost not here this week, but we'll be uh, back in a few moments with the interview that Darren and I did with Pete and uh, and uh, enjoy. Get out of here, motherfuckers. Yay. 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 At least your life isn't as sad as ours. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Door and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Laugh Attack. Putting the word rap in rape. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. 
everybody, welcome back from the break. And uh, joining us in the studio is comedian Pete Johansson. Hey, Pete, how you doing? I'm doing very good, Darren Frost. How are you this morning? I'm very good. See, we got to start very formal, and then we go informal <laughs> off the top. So, uh, Dave? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, thank you for coming in today, Pete. The, actually, the last time uh, Pete and I were together, I was phoning him. Uh, I had him on the phone, and uh, Pete was telling me how hungover he was uh, yeah. because we spent the night at a, uh, a strip club in Soho. Well, the tragedy was the like, tragedy. I, yeah, I, I fell out of and bed yeah, yeah. Pete ordered. fell out of bed in the morning, and uh, no, he, the night before, because when I was drunk, I ordered a pizza, and yeah. I forgot I ordered it, and I fell out of bed, and I hit my knee on the floor, and it ached so badly. Yeah. And then Pete asked me how I'm doing, and I said <laughs> ah, I'm in the hospital because I got mugged last night, and uh, and two hooligans uh, broke my ankle in two places. Oh. And that was a. It was a. It was a. Uh, 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 interesting spin on my UK uh, adventure, ah, but still- I have to I have to say that uh, Pete was one of the the, the greatest guys, and he uh, completely got me not necessarily back up on my feet, but uh, he provided me with like a lot of uh, comfort that I needed. That well, time. I also that sounds kind of weird and sexy. I but. also we I spent enough money that we don't really remember what happened the night that you got. Money. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Holy fuck, did we? Yeah, but <laughs> but never take my word for it when, it, when if I'm like hammered at a strip club and I was like, hey, are you gonna be okay to get home? Yeah, I'll be fine. Where am I? I'll just take the subway to Dundas or Queen or something. <laughs> I don't even think I knew what country I was in at no, that point. No. no. Well, I don't think we were necessarily in England, to be honest with you, judging from the uh, the mafioso types yeah. running that the, place. The big Russians that uh, now you pay, you go to buy machine or whatever we call it in UK. It was and- the tiniest little part of the Russian embassy that we were observing Wait a minute. I, I don't remember a thing from that night, by the way. I neither does Dave. Dave has got like little flashpoints in his memory. Like every couple of days, like I think this kind of happened and the story changes. This might happen. And different drugs are involved well, and different alcohol is involved. I've, I've never blacked out that much from anything. Like that no, was that was a weird one. No, I remember one of the strippers asking me which drink was mine. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, well, she's just concerned. I'll just go off to the bathroom and leave my drink unattended. What could go wrong? And then I then like, I think you told me that when you left, like I, there was like two dancers around me, yeah, yeah. and I was just like, "This is the greatest place on earth." <laughs> and then, uh, and yeah, and then things kind of went down. Now, now when, when you left, did you say to Dave, "Hey, come on, you got to come with us. You no, can't really no, no, stay no. here." No, because <laughs> no? okay. no. I've been there, and Dave will fight you. Dave will no. be like, "I'm staying." Oh, he's a he's an adult. He sure. looked like he was having yeah, a good course. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, an adult. And what I found out was the worst <laughs> part of London that I that we were in. And because I, I talked to a cop that was investigating some robberies at the residence that I was staying in, and then I told her what neighborhood I was in. And actually, before I even told her what neighborhood I was in, she was like, oh, well, yeah, stuff like that happens in Soho all the time. And what neighborhood were you in? I, uh, I, I, I might have been in Soho. Oh, it was just the roll of the eyes of just like, oh, just uh, go back to bed. Yeah, there's a free-for-all sort of uh, philosophy in that part of the city where a lot of them are new immigrants, and their vision of capitalism is what they got from gangster films. And they really right. think that, you know, I could, you know the, the, whole, the, the whole dream here is to just get as much as you can, and then if it ends in a shootout, all right. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> well, the East, I just saw a documentary a month ago about the East End gangsters, how that is dying off, and now it's more oh, yeah. immigration gangsters than old school hard knocks you know fighting yeah. in the streets you know well the old school gangsters have become almost assimilated into the structure the coolest yeah. the coolest country for that is uh, Japan with the yakuza they ended up they realized they couldn't defeat the yakuza so they hired them to collect taxes 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then wow. They, they just folded them into the government, which is just the best way because now there's no crime and they right. collect taxes pretty fucking good. Yeah, you'll pay your taxes, you're going to lose your fucking arm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, before we started, we were talking about the Pink uh, Ribbon campaign because there's a documentary coming out exposing how some of the money, and then we were talking about philanthropy and all those things. Yeah. And I, I went to business school, and I remember in my final really? year. Oh, yeah. I have a four-year degree in business. I know. It's sad. That's why I scream cunt as much as I do. I try to do as much opposite to that as I can. But I remember in my fourth year, our business teacher sat us down and said, look, you may not think it's a, it's a, a cool job or a way to make money, but there is this growing thing of where nonprofit organizations mm -hmm. can pay you very well and philanthropy can pay. And it's kind of come true well, now. It's the, the, not the, just in research. I mean, if you look at the things like the Cato Institute or look at some of these think tanks, they're all nonprofit institutes or the Pew Re Funding for Research. These mm -hmm. nonprofit things are multi-billion dollar uh, corporations with funds that support them, where the, the the people on the top pull in salaries of half a million, a million dollars a year, and yeah. all their expenses are paid for. Yep. Oh, it's just it's obscene, you know. Yeah, the, the documentary's called uh, Pink Ribbon Inc., and it's uh, yeah. it really well it exposes the fact that the the first there was the I can't remember the woman's name, but she had uh, her her ribbon uh, to raise breast cancer awareness was uh, salmon colored, mm -hmm. and then Estee Lauder wanted to come along and just say, hey, we really like what you're doing with this raising awareness with this ribbon. Uh, can we use it as part as a part of our campaign as well, and she said, "Well, no, this is just to raise awareness, not to make money and attach it to yeah. commercialism." And, and so Estee Lauder said, "Well, okay, well, we'll just change the color to pink." So it was originally salmon, <laughs> and then they came along, and now and now pink is just everyone associates it with pink and you doesn't know, know the origin. You know it. who wins in this situation, though? The ribbon manufacturers. Oh, oh man, yeah, of course. the this ribbon lobbyists. Those people. Huge. Oh yeah, you see the swank behavior of the ribbon. The, they were at the strip club next to us, the yeah. ribbon makers. I remember them tying little bows on everything. Yeah, for all the people that get mugged after they leave a strip club. Where's yeah. my fucking ribbon? Yeah, every yeah. time yeah. somebody dies, a fucking ribbon goes out. These people are just they're in on it. They yeah. know they know how the system works. Oh man. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's all these I know you watch a lot of documentaries, right? You yeah. still yeah. yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot. I, I watched your show last night. And the one thing I was interested in asking you about the way you present like Dave, Dave, you had the idea of the presentation. So talk about that. And then we'll go into my point. Oh, uh, oh, well, no, no. I was uh, saying a lot of times uh, when you're setting up for a joke, there's almost this sort of like almost lecture like that you 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 provide. <laughs> that no, sounds but, appealing. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that you you educate the crowd on a subject, right. And then you uh, do a joke, or you you point out the. Uh, the the ridiculousness of the thing that you were just talking about, oh. and then you you don't do you find that Am I, I'm not I, I I don't think about my I don't really think about what I do that intensely right. I just kind of do it I I guess I do I mean I'm 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 better at watching other comics and seeing what they do right, what, right. what I do I I just write about what I want to talk about now but I mean but, but when you set it up it's like you almost need to you teach the audience something well, yeah. and then you put a spin on it well I try to make it so that, that I trick them into learning something without sounding I I I, I that see I kind of Impressed me a little bit that the lecture thing because I try to be almost sardonic and sarcastic about the educational sort yeah, of thing. No, no, yeah. Because I don't want to come across like I'm teaching anybody anything, but no, no. But it's I, like the average person in the crowd may not know all the points that you're yeah, trying yeah. to make. So you're not lectures. I, I not try to connect the dots for them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then when you present it, then you make your jokes about it. Yeah. Then they can laugh because they've got the information. Yeah. But there's also this problem that may arise. I'm not sure if you don't analyze it that much, but the idea of being too simplistic about something so everyone understands what your point is and mm -hmm. going too deep. That's a pretty big tightrope when it comes to comedy club audiences, not theater audiences who may be yeah. hanging on every word, but when you're talking like drunks and that kind of thing, those kind of comedy club environments, that's what I wonder about. 
Well, yeah, in England it's a little easier. Um, I got to be honest with you. I find right. the crowds are pretty well versed in most of everything I'm talking about. I do run into some difficulties here. Like I, I'm on the West Coast when I was doing my shows. Uh, I found that the audiences would divide into about a third of comprehension and two thirds of not. But I try to write the shows so that if you're not getting specifically what I talk about, you can laugh at the other stuff. Sure. So right. It's like I try to write it like The Simpsons, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like there's a visual gag, there's an no, there's obvious gag, and then there's yeah. another one. And sure. I, I always try to sort of uh, patent it so I don't leave the people that I, I originally want to, you know, appeal to out of it. But uh, my goal is to eventually just attract people that want to see me specifically and right. I can just talk about what I want to talk about. Right. But that's still down the pipeline a couple of years, I hope. And also a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you were doing last night is in your new Edinburgh show, right? So it's a different presentation yeah. Yeah. when you do an hour-long kind of Edinburgh show. So yeah, This coming show, yeah, the coming show is about my addiction to trying to solve the world's problems, right. which is... Uh, the, the population base, yeah. all that stuff oh, you're doing last that's night? My last, that, the population stuff is my last show, but I am going to be talking about it in this show a little okay. bit. But population Control was my last one, Pete's on Earth, which is uh, where I wanted to, where I have strong feelings about changing the world's population. This coming show is, is sort of about why I want to talk about that stuff in the first place. Like, just why why do I give a shit? Right, right. <laughs> like, why do I try to constantly do the right thing all the time at the cost of socially getting in trouble? Uh, uh, you know, like, uh, it basically all comes around a bird that I end up killing at a mall because it's in pain because right. it's 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 crippled but there's no right option given the situation and any option like yep. I can't, if i take it to the vet it's going to cost me a thousand pounds to take care of a pigeon yeah. um if i leave it I, it's not right this bird's in pain but then i end up killing it because that's when i you know when you're a farmer and the animal's in pain you want to put it out of its misery yep. and that in turn gets me you know held hostage by the mall cops who <laughs> think I've just committed Killed a bird for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and right. it's like, oh, what, did you want me to take the bird to you so that you could not do anything? Like, right. I just wanted to do the right fucking thing. And, and like, and you get caught in these quagmires in this modern society constantly by that, and they're very rich for funny, but where's the path of doing the right thing? It's it's quite funny, you, uh, you know. Yeah, you never thought of giving the bird to a cat or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe at least it's fun to watch anyways. <laughs> they, they can't get arrested for killing No, it's yeah. just natural. You know? Yeah. Uh, but you know what, one of the things is, like, the, the, they did a survey a little while ago that, like uh, I can't remember what the percentage of Americans were that would get their news from like um, like comedy shows of just whether it was like listening to a Letterman monologue or the Daily Show, Colbert yeah. Report, Saturday Night Live. And I just thought the, the way that you structure some of the things that you talk about, you have this great opportunity to misinform so many people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you could be like, I, did you guys know that the Chinese and that. have I... mystical powers? And then because they, the amount of people that believe and, and get informed yeah. by comedy shows, especially if you're talking about something on the news yeah. or something top. The amount of people that leave a comic going, hey, I had no idea about that, right? <laughs> I used to do that on purpose all the time, actually, give little nuggets of complete just bullshit. Like, like there's no buildings in, in, in Seattle over four stories, and they're like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That can't be true. Has <laughs> that, guy, that guy been outside or what? They, uh, but, like, because I remember there was a, a show that I was at, and there was a comic on stage, and he was from the States, and he was just like, uh, hey, you know what I just found out? I just found out that pot is legal in Toronto. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I'm watching, I'm going like, did you hear that from another fucking comedian? Because I don't think... <laughs> You should not get your news from comics because there's yeah. a there's probably a joke somewhere in there and you're like just imagine this guy getting you know harassed by the cops going no a comedian on stage it but just told me that it's not just comics anymore the subjectivity now that since there's been such a cut down in journalism and, right. and editors specifically yep. the yep. inaccuracies that you see in print magazines I constantly see articles about uh, 
uh, marijuana legalization in, in British Columbia, when in fact it's decriminalized under the Supreme Court where they won't prosecute it because they don't want it to, to clog up the dockets. Yes, yes. But it's not decriminalized no. in, in any way, sense, or form, you know? And you will get arrested if you have enough that it makes them go, fuck, well, he's doing something nefarious with these uh, with these drugs. So it's like there's, there, there is a subjectivity and sort of a spin on everything that's taking place without any accuracy anymore because there's no repercussions for inaccuracy. But even, even last night you were talking about donors of livers, and I had got <laughs> wrong what you had said, and I was like, really? Oh, my God, I actually believed you because you were saying that if a donor uh, gives you your, their liver to someone who has hep C, uh, the person who has hep C has another chance of only five years of using that liver. Yeah. But I thought you'd said that the donor also gets hep C. <laughs> I'm just... like, oh, my God, i got to tell the world this. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Not like... only you're helping, you get fucked at the same time. And I, I, there was one uh, once I said, uh, I have, like I have a joke that says, uh, uh, I read this in uh, one of your papers today. That uh, did you know that 85 percent of men that can perform oral sex on themselves wish they kept that information to themselves? <laughs> and then someone came up to me after a show, was like, Hey, what paper did you read that in? <laughs> and I was like, This is I the homeless yeah, paper. Yeah, you yeah. know the paper the homeless yeah. have. You should buy that more often. Yeah, the bullshit statistics uh, monthly. That's where I picked that I bet up. You could spread uh, uh, the human papillomavirus to your own throat doing that. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> they say that's the new epidemic. Like when you start hearing like uh, like people like Michael Douglas and all these guys getting throat cancer, it's, yep. uh, so it's because of the uh, papillomavirus. That, oh, I thought like, you were saying he ate too much cum. And then <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's how he got a little fucking problem in his oh, Thank full, God of my small cum. All full circle to a Rod Stewart joke from years that's ago. Right. That's right. Big frosty mug of cum. Big humped his stomach. <laughs> oh that's another one, too. How yeah. many fucking urban legends have you just, oh, yeah. hey, yeah. you know the chick with the frozen hot dog? And yeah, of course. I don't I do. know that one. What's that one? What? That's Jesus. the one where the chick fucks up with the frozen hot dog. Yeah. And then it gets stuck in her, and then she has to go to the hospital, and then they remove the frozen hot dog. I was just no, like, I, I remember that, that one from like grade nine I don't know, when Dave. I was growing up. That's... I heard the one where a girl got a dog fucker, and because his dog gets bigger when it's inside, it can't come out, so they have to go to the hospital. That's an urban With the dog period. attached? Yeah, with the, the dog dog's attached. dog's inside of her? Dog's inside of her. When a dog's penis becomes erect, it oh, actually right, right. expands. It, 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 yeah, so you can't pull it out. Can't yeah, pull it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. so there's that one, but I never heard the hot dog one. That's fucking weird, Dave. Well, it's weirder than my dog the story. Hot, the hot dog one's plausible. She's horny and it breaks. <laughs> but I was just like, why a frozen hot dog? How so much she, do I wish I had a dog's dudes. penis when I was growing up? Exactly. Like, just like, I'm not into this. Well, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just mailed the uh, dog's penis to the uh, Conservative Party of Canada. So. <laughs> I, I was surprised that it was like a foot. Uh, or anyway, well, should we, the, well, the story. The story about that was in the news about the body parts getting mailed yeah. to uh, political uh, I, officers. The sad thing is, is that there isn't going to be an underlying political like message to it. No. Like, oh no! Like it's just it's just uh, gross. But it, had there been like a really sort of neat sort of oh that's what they meant like like oh a hand in a it's the left in the and then oh it's a poetic you know but yeah. nothing it's it's not about the fighters they're buying for sixty five billion dollars. No. It's no. just or, some, the, or the cutbacks in social programs. And <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, mailed yeah. just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just two <laughs> buns and an asshole. And, oh now I get it. Yeah, being from Vancouver, I'm a little desensitized to the whole foot. Thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. right. Just wash them up on shore. Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and, and we uh, grind it to a uh, hole when we yeah. talk about cocks getting nailed in there. So uh, the last time we spoke on the internet, you were talking about maybe coming back to Canada to live. You're yeah. kind of looking at your options. And where are you standing on that these days? Well, I mean, where I live has a lot to do with the. Uh, I'm a partnership. I have a wife. I have a wife, and I have to consider what she likes. And, um, for a while, she was kind of not enjoying England, um, and it's because we were living up in Muswell Hill. Right. And, um, oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. oh, 
call. Um, we were living pretty far from the center of Levin, and so when we went back this time, uh, we rented a new flat closer to the city in Notting Hill, and her her tune on the whole London things changed com- considerably because it's fucking fun now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like now that we're not out in the nowheresville, we're uh, we actually go out all the time, and it's really lovely and. It's good, you know. The career-wise, it's fantastic. I really wish I could work in Canada. I wish there was a market for me in this country. It breaks my heart that I can't make enough money in the country that I love and grew up in, you know. And like I, just doing stand-up, everyone has yeah. forced to do something else that they. You know. It's not that they don't care about, but they don't want to care about, but they have to to pay their rent. Well, you know, I'm it, the same way. I wish I could just do stand-up, and that's it. But it's just not possible. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I look at the newspapers while I'm here, and I, I don't see any articles about stand-up. At all. Well, no. In London, in England, we're a legitimate art form. We're right. constantly being reviewed right. in the newspapers. We're considered part of the theater system, and we're respected. And here, it's just like it's its not even in the listings. Like, no. You can't just, even get a government grant in this country yeah. as a stand-up comedian. If I'm a musician, if yeah. I'm a, I play a flute, or if I am doing like a, uh, a theater piece or something, then I can get funding. But just being a straight stand-up, yeah. you can get zero funding from the Arts Council or any other organization in this country. Yeah, and then the, the, the branding system in this country, too, it's unfortunate. Like, the clubs get branded, the comics don't. Right. Um, that, uh, again, doesn't happen in the U.K. The comics get branded quite aggressively. And people, I mean, there's fan sites about all the comics. Like Chortle does amazing job. Oh yeah, for sure. And allowing people to follow their comics and find out every little gig they do and and show up at them. And you get it's it's the the amount of uh, comedic literacy in the general population there is just it's unbelievable. And I, why it can't happen here is kind of beyond me. Like uh, I don't quite get it. It just seems like there's laziness in all the wrong places. Everybody always thinks conspiracy, but I under I understand that there's no real conspiracies out there. The real conspiracy is how much how little we understand human laziness. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've always said about when it comes to show business, you cannot expect someone else to take a seriously stand-up comedy as you do yeah. because you're inside it and that's your heart and that's what you breathe. And to expect an executive or someone who works for a network who may get thrown over to TSN at any moment or yeah. somewhere else, they don't care about comedy as much as we do yeah. and presenting it a certain way and making sure it's right. That doesn't mean sometimes they don't do a good job and sometimes their heart is in the right place, but sometimes execution is poor because yeah. they have no vested interest. Well, and, and also... Uh, Tantamountly, I, I lived in, in, in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles for years and stuff like that, and I saw both sides of the system. And, right. And well, the thing that I utterly – and everybody, you'd hear people talking, oh, these people, they just want to work these co- these people from this group or it's the or the management countries control everything. It's nothing to do with those things, to be honest with you. It's casting directors just picking what's exactly in front of them. Sure. <laughs> they, yeah. They're not going to go out and find your show. They're not going to go out. They're not going to do any inch more effort. No teacher wants to go over to a kid's house and, and, and think – People in entertainment are twice as lazy as anybody in any other field. So it just has to land on their lap before they fucking do anything with it. And that's the the, the real sadness about it all. Because nobody wants to go out and find anything. Do you think the the fact that like uh, like stand up comedy and comedy clubs over in Britain is a fairly is, they they uh, would always say it's a fairly new thing, like I mean, or it's it's new in the sense that like you know it's like the well, the big big boom was in sort of in the late nineties, and I don't think the bubbles burst or anything yet over um, there as far as stand up goes. It also but, developed in a completely different manner than right. the North American style did. The North American style of stand up uh, d- developed in uh, cabarets and in uh, lounges, right? Right, and it developed in in areas where they had had uh, liquor that were being served by waitresses and stuff like that. The stand-up in, in the U.K. developed in theaters. Yeah. And it never left the Ziegfeld Follies-esque sort of 1930s sort of evolution of comedy. So you have the theater structure that's always been there. 
And because of that, I think the paths sort of took much different, slightly creative routes as well. And, and the way they're promoted and the way they're sort of uh, d- uh, eaten up by the audience is in a different way. It's up the respect factor. It's, uh, you know, you, you know, there's places out west where uh, uh, there's a gig in Kelowna for the longest time. Do you remember the blue? Sure. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've all done it, yeah. Yeah. And now Kelowna's a city of 160,000 people now. Yeah. It should have a comedy club. I mean, it really should. It could support it and everything like that. But it, the reason that all the rooms die is because they attracted a kind of scummy clientele constantly that you couldn't bring a date to. Now, when we did the room in Victoria, the key there was we wanted to make this an appropriate place where you could bring a date. And that's yeah. the difference. That's the complete difference. If you don't, if you feel ashamed to bring a girl to a show or if you feel threatened or if the atmosphere isn't conducive to that sort of public atmosphere, you're not going to have something that, that grows. And you have a lot of those rooms here where you would never take a girl. Or even, the... even take a shit in there. <laughs> that's my big thing. I know I'm a dude and it sounds bad, but some of these places have worse washrooms than fucking hockey <laughs> yeah. gymnasiums, yeah. you know, like hockey arenas. Respect and class are something that, that can go hand in yeah. hand with comedy. Yes, but, you wanted you know, me to pay $30 for me yeah. and $30 for my lady. Yeah. and then I gotta go in and hope there's toilet paper in there. There's a fucking problem. And that's that's how I book a date with a girl. I just say, listen, <laughs> the food's not great, but can't you can't wait to take a shit here? Hey, I'm sorry, but that's did, the way it works. But I remember that. I remember that that uh, gig in Kelowna where yeah. the audience is so cranked up on blow that like yeah. at a certain point they just hit this wall. Where we're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? When's he gonna shut up? I got something to say too. I know. I had to stop. Uh, who's that great? Uh, the, the kid that talks real slow. John, John Steinberg. Steinberg. I had to I had to keep him from getting punched in the head at that gig. Because uh, he took four minutes to come back to this heckler or something about uh, every time you open your mouth, I can smell your cunt, mom's cunt. And it's like, but he took like a minute to say it, and then it took the guy a good minute to process it. Sure. Because yeah. he's sitting there going, what, 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 what? <laughs> Mother <laughs> cunt, what? And he just turns up, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, I did that gig, and there was five guys outside waiting to fight me. Five yeah. separate guys who were fighting each other. Separate. They were they separate. They were fighting each other you for the first one yeah. to fight me. And I'm selling merch, and this girl comes up and goes, I think you should know. You know, you might want to call the police. I'm like, ah, I'll wait it out. Because what do you mean? I said, you know what? I think they're coked out of their head. You know what cokeheads do? They want more coke. They're gonna leave. They're not gonna wait. And that's exactly what happened. One by one, they left and went. I'm not gonna fucking wait for that fat troll. And then they left. But, let's just fight each other. Yeah, let's fight each other. I had a security guard in Cleveland want to shoot me after a show, but uh, yeah, nothing because of what I said. A girl, one of the waitresses went missing in the club, and they blame me for it. Oh, and uh, where did she end up? Oh, in my is, trunk. But here's the funny part. No, this is I came in a day early for the gig. It was the improv in Cleveland. And uh, I went down to the amateur night and hung out. And I met this really cute waitress. And I was like, all right. So we went for a drink afterwards. And she was like a freaking, um, she just started Boozing. pounding yeah. them back, you know. Yeah. And she became crazy. And I'm like, uh, okay, oh. I got to go. What's her number? Did she have big boobs? Uh, she was really cute, actually. But I left her at the bar. And I just said, see ya. And I yeah. just, I went, much like well, you. I was going to say, and then, she, and then she got jumped and, <laughs> I got, yeah, I got for a, a watch. I got a history of There's this. There's a pattern, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Male or female. <laughs> I just, if you become a handful, yeah. I'm the fuck out of here. Oh, look, a baby. I'll just leave that baby here alone. It'll be fine, that baby. <laughs> fuck babies. Yeah. Um. So anyways, I go back to the condo. And the next day, uh, they call me. He goes, hey, is whatever name there? And I go, no, no. Oh, well, her car's still out front. So are you sure? And like, no. So, you know, did the show. And then two days go by and she's missing. She hasn't shown up for work. Her car's still out there. Her parents are there. And so, uh, you know, they call the cops and stuff. And the cops go, and I go, I don't know, last I saw her, she's the thing. And, the, and they go, oh, yeah, okay, well, you're probably not involved. So don't worry about it and stuff like that. And, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the entire staff thinks I killed their waitress. Yeah. And, and they're like getting mean to me. Like they're like, uh, like, the, uh, like the staff won't, won't talk to me or anything. Like and the couple of guys, and then one of the security guys starts coming. If you fucking hurt her, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna fucking 
and he's like and tears are streaming down his face you know and like i'm like dude I, why would i come in a day early kill a waitress <laughs> and still perform yeah, day all day one that's you day know? four when i'm leaving <laughs> yeah. the next morning and so they find her on the last day you know and the staff has been dicks to me all week and they find her and her ex-boyfriend had kidnapped her and taking her up nice. north. Oh, thank God. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she, she was yeah. fine, but nonetheless, nothing to do with me. Not one fucking apology. And now the kicker for this is I get a call two weeks later from my manager going, uh, so uh, what happened in Cleveland? I go, why? Well, because I went and called to rebook you there, and they go, uh, they said you didn't have a good time. So <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. You, well, imagine you, that. I got accused of murder. <laughs> Day one. Have, didn't have the best time in Cleveland at the fucking well, now improv. You, now you got to have on your rider, I want a chick to murder. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> and brown M&M's. <laughs> and then you just paste the Van Halen rider yeah. and the rest of your shit. Yeah. And a baby and a kick. Yeah. And a baby and a kick <laughs> at all times. Oh. So June 6th, you have a show uh, on yeah. Showtime at Russell Peters, live from the Red Light District. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, that was Where fun. was that shot? At, at, at a genuine Red Light District? Or? Yeah, there was a theater that they rented out in... Uh, in Amsterdam, it was uh, uh, that's my like favorite city in the world for comedy. So it's like, I, I just... thought you were gonna say that's my favorite city to to abandon someone in a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually probably abandoned somebody there. Actually, no, but I play. I like I do Tumblr every year, which is my Tumblr is the most amazing comedy club on the planet. Like it's owned by comics. Twenty five yeah. Dutch comics bought the comedy club, and then they book who they like. And they don't give a fuck how you do. Right. <laughs> like, like they Sounds just good. they just like to support creativity, you know. And it's just the most amazing place. And uh, so I started getting a good following there. I've, it's five years now in a row that I've played the club, and then I started doing the Amsterdam Comedy Festival. And so uh, when Showtime was putting this together, they said, "Well, you seem like the the Dutch seem to like you, so come sure. on over." So the theme of the show was to do stuff that you couldn't do in North American clubs that uh, you could do in a much more free environment. So the entire show is like uh, a testament to my love affair with abortion. And uh, uh, so that should be a uh, that should be an interesting airing to see how the. Uh, see have how... you seen it yet? So you don't even know how they cut it, or do you have um, any idea? Or I saw a little clip of it, and it actually looked like it was edited quite well. Right. You know, like they they did it in order, unlike uh, you know a certain Canadian uh, major festival that doesn't like to keep your jokes in the right order yeah. when they edit. Yeah. But um. And yeah. TV show that just got canceled too. Comedy yeah. Now used to always have a. Comedy Now got canceled. Yeah. yeah. Surprise! The, surprise. That was gonna be the cheapest show they've ever I know but that's that's another thing when it comes to like the respect of stand-up and how you said that like because there's been British comics that have come over here to do spots and then they would see a waitress coming towards them while they're on stage and they're just like you know who is this person what is she do why am I why is she coming close to the stage and then it was after the, and then uh, you know Emran uh, Imran Yusuf yeah, yeah I was talking to him and he was like wow you, comedy clubs are really just here to sell booze aren't they yeah and then we're just like yeah kind of in, in their own weird way yeah I said that in a national newspaper once I got in trouble by one of the club owners in this country for saying that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well uh, it's, sorry but that's that's the truth I mean yeah. you know yeah they may try in the beginning to have have their heart in the right place but at the end of the day they're selling beer yeah. yeah and and the art form that's why i think there's a big transition to theaters i really think and out west dan quinn's done an incredible job sure. with the snowed in comedy tour yep i mean to our tour last year oh god and what a good show you know we had arge barker glenn mm-hmm. wool myself craig campbell dan you know like that's a fucking hell of a show to bring through some of these towns and, yep. and the theater response was so much better than when you're in a club like it's right. just 
It's unbelievable. But also, you know, the thing about Britain, I don't want to have a hockey comparison because I yeah, don't know yeah. much about hockey, but there is that sense of there's levels to everything, and if you do your good job and you stay yeah. with it, you go from the clubs to being like, you know, the, a small theater, and then if you get some TV credits, you can move to a bigger theater, yeah. and all that is possible in Britain. Here, there's not that possibility. All the possibility is get good enough to go somewhere else and then maybe come back. Yeah, I don't think that's true, though. I think you can move to theaters in this country. I mean, I watched uh, what was the guy that we all love uh, so much. Uh, Brent Butt? No, uh, the other fellow. Ron James? No. Uh, uh, oh, Christ, from Timmins, Ontario. Oh, oh uh, Derek Edwards. Yeah. Yes. Now, Derek started out doing his tours about sure. five years ago, and he did them to small audiences. Yep. And he, he, he invested in it, and he built an audience. And I really think that's the way to go. You go and you do half-empty theaters for about two years. And sure. same with Ron James. When Ron James started doing the touring. Oh, no, yeah, we had Ron uh, yeah. in, and we talked. Talked yeah. to him exclusively about that. That he was he was actually he predated Derek doing it. Yeah. Going in for a hundred people the next time one hundred and fifty yeah. then two hundred. Yeah. And you make a good point. It is possible in yeah. this country, but we're talking three or four names. Well, yeah. That's get, the problem. But that's three or four people that have been courageous enough to take the chance. Yes. And that's one yes. of the things that gets beat out of us here is to not take the chance. Especially out west, I noticed. I think it out here too. But there's that thing that you take a chance and you fail. Everybody fucking just they're like sharks. I mean, the first time I ever did a theater tour out here was the Out on Bail tour. Me and Damon Schritter, and we tried to do it with Rob Pugh first, but we had to cancel. We redid it with Dan. Right. We did four theaters, and yep. we half sold them out. Sure. It was, you know, we broke even, uh, we lost money on one, broke even on one, and then we made a killing on one sure. that paid for everything else. But, right. I mean, everybody was kind of gloated in the fact, oh, you're back in the clubs, eh? Right. <laughs> like, right. That's just not the way to be. Well, I think, I think yeah, it, it's, it's a matter of taking a, a chance, and Ron James did really have the blueprint uh, yeah. to start that. And you do have to make an investment with your own time, and a lot of comics always say that about going over to Edinburgh, yeah. uh, which you're you're going off to do again. Yeah, it's and, time. I mean, I've heard guys... Guys like uh like even guys who I think are great like Mark Marin went over there once or twice maybe, mm-hmm. and he was just saying you know sometimes he's doing a show for twelve people but you really do have to make that I mean and Jim Jeffries was the same way of like when he started but he's made like a how many times is he six times like now. six times six, think, and you just have to eventually yeah, but, but Jim got punched in the face on stage on video camera and that he went from. You went from no hits to a million hits. Yeah, and explain that because I have a video being assaulted and I have 12,000 hits. And my video is pretty fucking damning too. Yeah, I know. But, but that's the power of the internet. Yeah, it's also Brett was behind. My, sure. my manager. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, the, the next day, I mean, I think everybody in the world got one in his email box. Sure. What's this? But um, you want to punch him in the face afterwards. <laughs> buy a DVD, and he'll be out in the parking lot. But uh, but that's the thing. You have to you have to make that an investment. But and Edinburgh also does something to you that uh, we don't have over here as well, which is it makes us write a full new hour of comedy every year. Well, there yeah, are comics here that do that, but yeah. A, that's not celebrated. B, it's no. not rewarded. No, there's and, no, no you know, club you rewards ha- for it. No, no, no club rewards for it, and no industry reward for it either. Yeah. Because they'll bring in, like, a good example for me is Stuart Francis. Mm-hmm. I love Stuart, right? I saw Stuart kill on showcases in the 90s many times with jokes, right, that mm-hmm. were great jokes. Cut to three years ago. I know he's a big star in England. He's got, you know, a lot of clout over there. But he comes over to Just for Last, does a set. He gets a couple jokes mentioned as jokes of the fest. Those jokes are from the 90s in the showcases he did back then. <laughs> Meaning, you know, he obviously has new jokes, but they yeah. wanted the jokes from yeah. back in the 90s that they saw kill many times. That's the safety and laziness of the industry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know? that's the pure laziness of the industry, like going, oh, that's the Bill Brownstein, too, that picks those. Yes, and, yes. You know. Uh... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's but my point is, it's like, yeah, it's not even rewarded that Stewart has new jokes and probably great jokes. The ones they wanted, well, the, well why didn't you do that in the 90s? He could have did it in the 90s. Yeah. That could have helped his career. It could have gave him a, a step up. But that's the thing about this country. It's very, very hard. 
Well, yeah, unless we do something ourselves. Like, why isn't there a chortle site here? Why isn't there a... Uh, There's been a few that's yeah. been tried and attempted, and, you know, people don't realize the amount of work and yeah. energy oh, it yeah. takes. Yeah. A lot of comics are, are lazy people, too. I mean, we can talk about the industry, but a lot of comics oh, are lazy. Yeah. You know, no, they're no. trying to fuck waitresses and wake up at noon, and, and that's what they're doing with their time. Yeah, they should so be trying to kill, kill them. them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, it's it, there's, there's, you're, you're dead on right, and there's fault to be blamed everywhere. But, I mean, sure. we're ultimately, if anything, we're coming down to a conservative line of belief here is that we are in control of our own destinies. We Absolutely. Make, we make it happen ourselves. Absolutely. Every time I get frustrated because something's not happening, I have to look back and go, what am I not doing? And, you know, I got to write a new show. I got to go do this. I got to do create this. Yeah. Comedy doesn't make me as happy as it used to anymore. And I, I want to branch into something else. You know, like I, I've done too much evil shit to ever go into government, but I don't know what else I could do, like where right. I can change the world. And that's the one thing. I want to change the world. So maybe it'll be writing. Maybe it'll be something else. Have you ever thought about dance? I know. Like free I know. some old school well, break you know, dancing. You've seen, you seen how much fucking weight I've lost? I can I can start dancing. Did you know there's another there's another guy with your name that's a Swedish singer yes. and dancer? Yeah, he's very mad at me for owning every fucking internet. And there's a Swedish that. figure skater with your name? And a motocross racer. I was about to bring that one up and next. A, a mathematics professor. Yeah. Yeah. You know there's a there's a black guy in the States who's also a comedian named Dave Martin too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 And actually, you know what? There was like a, a flyer for some uh, I don't know, a marijuana show that was in Toronto and uh, they had my name because I was supposed to do a show there, and uh, and then they had his bio, which I was sort of like, oh, there's going to be uh, some people uh, a little disappointed when the guy from who that was B-E-T. not on, yeah, B E T and Puff Daddy. In all honesty, you should keep his bio and fucking use it for everything. Yeah. That would be just great. You, know? <laughs> you might have seen him on the Puff Daddy's uh, Bad Boys of Comedy tour. <laughs> I was like, oh. what are you, what are you doing now? Are you touring at all? Are you? Uh... I'm, I'm going back and forth, but there's not a lot of uh, like clubs and stuff tour wise. There's not a. It, it, it's you know there's just too many days off and because you know you you've got about two fucking funny minutes of comedy that you got to get out there. Dave, I know Dave is so <laughs> underrated. Dave is underrated. Yeah. The only reason this show exists is because Dave is underrated. He's hilarious. Show. I know. I, I've been saying it for many many years. But you know this industry just rewards safety and other things we talk about. And Dave is funny, but you know. But he's the thing is, and let's be honest, it's, he's not that good looking. Like he really yes. can't. You, what do you, you can't put him on television? No oh, God. It's <laughs> that Mike McDonald disease. That that yeah. problem is too scary. For TV. Oh, that's the Mike McDonald's disease. It was before the liver. Before the liver thing, it was the I scare children with my face disease. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and you you did that tour for a while. The um uh what's the the act. The three comics with the, the I was watching on the on the Facebook. I've done many different tours. Yeah, uh, the, the dirty tour with Kenny and yeah, yeah, Kathleen, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I'm doing another tour right now with Kenny. I also run a fest in the summer. I mean, I'm trying so, to like you. You yeah. seem like you get out there and hustle. And you always yes. put out. You always have a new DVD. New DVD out every two like years. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, but so. I mean, I I think every comic has to raise their own bar, and yeah. whoever you looked up to is the, the person that you're probably trying to emulate. And guys that I looked up to wrote. Lots of material. See, I just go, I just go to a new bar. I don't raise well, it. Well, you know, back back when I was first starting, the TV guys. But in terms of now, guys like Kenny Robinson, guys like Mark Walker, they're writing a new hour almost every I two seen Mark years. Mark Walker in years. Where yeah, he, he tours. He tours really? extensively through Canada. Yeah, he went to England a few times, and he's thinking about going again. But these are guys that are writing a new hour. Right. So when people say, "Oh my God, Louis C.K. does this," I'm not knocking him. No. But there've been many others that have, but they haven't had a success. That's Louis C.K. seems to be somebody that all the comics rallied around at one point. I love right. And and I can't fault Louis C.K. But Me either. at the same point, he's always wanted comics to like him. Right. Like he's been a he's always been active in forums. He's always been trying to get comics to sort of embrace his sort of thing. That's been part of his career path. Right. And uh, and he got what he wanted. But at the same point, you know, like I, I prefer a Bill Burr. 
Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I like both, but yeah. I understand understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, so there are comics that do do that new hour all the time, but you know, in England, it's just no one brags about it because you just go and do Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because if you don't write new hour, you get ridiculed right. beyond belief. Be- exactly. <laughs> you know, if they if those same reviewers came here, watched comics, and came back in five years, they probably put a gun in their mouth because that's you know the situation here. But you don't. But then, but the 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 success format here isn't based on an hour show. It's based on five minutes. Absolutely. Still is, yes. Yeah, so if you have a killer five minutes, then you used to get a comedy now after seeing five minutes oh, yeah. of your set. Oh, which is... you know, the number of times I argued with those people because they said that that guy gave me a tape of 30 minutes. That guy doesn't even have 30 minutes. He had five minutes, and, you know, I'm too argumentative, and <laughs> no, no, no. I shoot myself in, in my did foot. You, but... Did you never do a comedy now? I did, but I did one like year 11, and I wanted to call it five years too late, but they wouldn't let me call it that. <laughs> well, you know, they stopped giving the names to them at that point. At my year, yeah. The... Before that, you could name your comedy now, then what? after that, you couldn't. Yeah. I don't even know if I named mine. Oh, yeah. I, I did the like third year, I think, or third or fourth year. They just gave you a I name did, then. I get this. I did a comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. <laughs> I, I remember that. You yeah. Were, yeah, you were in my um, audience. In my B-skill. The you B-roll. were in my yeah. B-roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I can't fucking believe That was a great show because we actually got to be creative outside of the stand Absolutely. Too. And it was, you were paid well. You were yeah. paid fairly. And, and Joe fought for that. And, you know. Joe Baudelaire. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. How amazing was his suicide. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and what a way to write your own swan song Fuck, at the end, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. I, I remember I was in bed, and I, and I just stumbled upon it, and I, I remember I was tearing up, and I was crying, cause, and I didn't think I would feel that strong emotion. I felt mm-hmm. guilt. I felt such guilt reading his stuff, because the last time I saw him, I kind of blew him off. Right. Um, I felt bad about it, but he was quite drunk, and he was at a strip bar, and I wanted to leave him there. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> oh, man. That's a common theme. Worse and worse. Yeah. That's a common theme. I'm going to change the show to Where We Leave Dave. That's what yeah. the show's going to be called, Where We Leave Dave this week. Where in the world. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I was kind of a, I was, you know, I, I could have been more, and I just, you know, I think everybody does that when everybody, when somebody passes sure. and kills himself. Yeah. But, Jesus. I knew he was a brilliant mind too. Like I didn't, and I didn't know his history until I read it all. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. They'd done all fuck. that stuff. Yeah. And you, re- you regret not peeling off a couple more layers of the onion. You know. Yeah. I wonder who. Ne- but see, the thing is, is, I'll I'll do that now with the next person. There'll be no layers underneath. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I should get to know Dave better. What did you do in your childhood? Dave? Nothing. <laughs> 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 Sat around. Looked at girls with big boobs. Yeah. You know, you my must- thing about about Joe is that you know he always felt bad. He never gave me comics. But to be honest, for me, it was the greatest thing that I never did get one yeah. because back then I was very much this character comic which is almost like a joke and a parody of of comedy back then mm-hmm. so if that would be out there forever and the fact it isn't out there forever is very calming and very nice <laughs> for me because it's like I'll put it out on little bits on the internet but I don't want a 25 minute special of me in funny pants and a funny <laughs> outfit and doing all that stuff do you, do you ever feel like you were seen too early like um, or, or you no, got ex- I should have been seen way earlier like when I was 11 Oh, really? <laughs> that, was, that was really yeah, too many cunt jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, yeah. yeah, you know what I hate? Bad smelling pussy. You know what I'm talking about? Um, this 11 year old. To be honest with you, I've actually I'm quite happy with this thing. I I think I was, and this sounds egotistical as hell, but I think what I talked about was always a, too far ahead of what people wanted to hear at the time. Because I, I I noticed when I'd, I'd address something, it would become popular three years down the road, pretty right. much in every situation that I really started to break through on ideas on it. Because some uh, some I know a lot of people that the older they get, the more they kind of grow into their act and what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm gone way out of mind. <laughs> well, no, but but it's sort of like, you know, when if, if you're like a, a guy in his early 20s and you're talking about these like very like, you know, uh, 
Well, I, know, I did, subjects that you just sort of like, it's, oh, man, what, what the fuck is this guy the, talking about? Well, the and first then, seven years of my stand-up, all I did was jokes. I wrote, yeah. I, I, would oh, sit, I was going to bring yeah. that up, yeah. I wrote, I would write every day, and I'd just write jokes. And it's funny, I couldn't perform. I had no performing skills on any level. I was worse. I, I went on, road, on the road with Bruce Clark. I was about to click. Two people kept me from quitting, Brent Butt and Bruce Clark. Um, and uh, I remember I was bombing every night, and uh, Bruce Clark took my notebook on stage. And he goes, uh, let's, uh, y- y- your jokes are hilarious. It's you. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he did my, and he did 40 minutes of reading out of my joke book and killed with my jokes. And I was like, oh, okay, so I got a what? <laughs> Who got paid that night? <laughs> I was like in Prince Albert in that Saskatchewan gig. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and it was just like, it didn't matter and stuff like that. And then, uh. Uh, so I started trying to. I went to. That's when I moved to Montreal, and I all I did was um, MC for a year. So I learned to perform, and, right? And and because I realized that was my weak point, and so I I just tried to to develop that angle of it. And then I started telling stories, and I stopped telling jokes. <laughs> and, and you yeah. think up until that point you were chasing that seven minute kind of monkey on your back set to propel I, you into the. I don't think I had any idea what right. I wanted back then. I think seven minutes was in my mind because I'd almost gotten comedy on the road with. Yes. A and E, right? And I remember I didn't get it at the last minute, um, and it really fucking killed me. So I think I was gearing towards that at that yeah. time. Yeah, because that was also around the same period of time. Just shortly after that, you started getting development deals, and yeah. you moved to LA, and and that's a but whole different. Let's be honest, that's because I was gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I was a good-looking guy. Were, yeah, for I mean, sure, you were. It, yeah. it, I, I, I mean, I, it, it, I hate to say it, but I mean, I've, I've been blessed with just incredibly, incredibly good looks. Yeah, that's why you're on that side of the room, and we're on this side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, I don't. But looks I, do have a big part in no, early well, comedy careers. Well, Los Angeles too. Yeah. That's all looks. Yes. Well, and it's, it's starting to happen in in England too. It's funny because there is a mimicry of what took place back then in England right now. There's right. A, there's a huge boom of young comedians that are actually quite talented. I might add, like Jack Whitehall, who's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He's 23 years old. The kid's a, got movie star good looks. He's got like six shows on TV right now. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, he's he's gonna do fine. Um, but, but they're the ones you hate when they're good yeah. looking and they have talent. Can't they just have one? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Like I wanted for a long time hate Brad Pitt, but I actually can't hate Brad yeah. Pitt. You know, it's yeah. like fuck you, man. Just do something shitty. I I like his sense of humor. Strangely enough, yeah. I think it's quite funny his delivery. But like, there's a there is a movement of that. But I think they're over investing in young comics right now, and they're going to get that same backfire. Right. You know, like the, the uh, we won't name, but there's certain guys that just can't grow into it. Can't yes. handle it. I was I never enjoyed that period of my life. That was the most depressing part of my life. And funnily enough, I couldn't figure out why that depressed me so much. Those three years in L.A. at that point, and my wife just figured it out two weeks ago. Um, I hate auditions. Yeah. Right, right. I'd never been on auditions before that. And I went from never auditioning, just doing stand-up, to auditioning seven times a week, walking into a room and being told yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hard, yeah. And I got so fucking depressed. Yep. I, it just killed me. Three years of that. My, it's funny because my brother doesn't. He has no problems at right. all. I, I, I yeah, get... but your brother never did stand-up, right? No, no, so he never no. had that immediate response of, hey, what you're doing is good, yeah. or that drug, right? When yeah. you, There's no drug in auditions, only when you get the gig you know, a week later. Yeah. But that immediate drug is not there. Well, and also they never tell you how you fuck up when you left an audition, or they don't tell you why you didn't get it. Yeah. You're just left out of that going like... Yeah. You know, it's like getting the beating the shit out of, and they don't—they're not telling you like what name you know they're calling you as they're beating you up. It's like oh, I guess they're just beating me up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you don't know oh, it's because I'm fat or I'm look stupid or something like that. Yeah, you have to have a different type of childhood to handle that. You can't have abusive, fucking fucked up religious parents that believe in the apocalypse and that you're worthless, like I did, right? In order to handle an audition effectively, <laughs> right? If you, if you get the if you get the apocalypse beaten into your your uh, psyche, then you got no motivation at all. We're all oh, gonna die, man. I don't need this oh, part. Oh, talk to me about my fucking credit. 
report for the past seven years of my life. My dad told me I'd never live past 21. He said the Russians were going to invade. There's no hope. Don't right. go to university. Just pray and confess your sins, and that's the only hope you have. Did he, did so he, watch, I, did he watch the movie Red Dawn on acid or something like that? <laughs> uh, he, he truly believed it. And this is after the wall fell. That's the crazy part. He still oh, thought yeah, the Russians sure. were coming. So I, in turn, believed that. A part of my believed that, so I went out and I got every credit card I could. I bought a car, and I didn't pay any of it off. <laughs> and I just fucked my credit for seven years because yeah. I thought, fuck it. Oh, you, the joke's on you, credit guys. Oh, oh, you wait till the Russians are here. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't pay anything off. I fucked my credit because of religion. Nice. <laughs> Jesus That's, fucked my credit. Finally something positive out of religion. That's what I say. You got a car anyways. Yeah, yeah. Nice MGB. All right. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but June 6th on fun. Showtime, uh, your special uh, you're appearing on, of course, to Russell Peters presents Live from the Red Light District. Yeah, it's with Hannibal Buress and uh, Jamie Kilstein are on the on the uh, shows as well, which is it's a fucking great show. That's if, a good mix. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lovely taping. Uh, the other thing I'd love to plug is uh, sure. if anybody's over in the UK uh, in August at uh, Edinburgh Festival, Utopian Crackpipe. Uh, is the name of my That's show. That's from August, what, 2nd to 31st, is it, I think? Something like, like that. It's a month, it's a month so it's, check it's, it out. It's like a month. I'm at, uh, it's on an 840 Utterbelly uh, under, under or something like that. And, uh, yeah, any more information, you can visit my uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Comic Pete or Twitter at Pete Johansson for North Americans. And, uh, yeah. And that, your website is PeteJohansson.com? Yeah, I haven't updated it in two years, but go visit it. That'd yeah. be wicked. Sure, I saw that you got <laughs> some dates in October coming up from two years ago. I'm going to go see you in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has, any, has anyone called your lovely wife, uh, lovely wife uh, Courtney uh, Yoko Ono before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, good. But we didn't have a band to break up. So. No, but you're always together. So I, you just reminded <laughs> me of like this John Lennon and Yoko Ono couple. I love my wife. I, it's the best decision I've ever made in my entire existence. Was really? uh, was her? And it's funny because uh, we're coming up on our fifth year anniversary. We're gonna have a "fuck you, everybody at work" kind of party. Uh, and then get divorced in two years, of course. Okay. But uh, she's Good. she's amazing. You <laughs> or know? get like, shot by Mark David Chapman. Yeah, yeah. The, well, because because I, I think when I first met you, well, not first met you, but when I was on my first Western tour, I think you and your wife had just met. Yeah. Because and then you were just so you were like one of those couples I, where you're just like, oh fuck you, two happy people. So. Yeah, I had to wait till she was legal so we could get married. <laughs> okay, well we won't get into that. That's yeah. A, that's yeah. another hour. We'll have yeah. you back then. That's a different website to push, I think. Uh, anyways, thanks for coming in, Pete. Oh, we really thanks. appreciate it. I appreciate the no air conditioning. This is fantastic. It is. Even when you're a star, a punch in the head is still a punch in the head. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, this is Keith Sarnowski. You're listening to Anything Goes. Now with 20% more brand to keep you regular from the bump. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, we're back from the break. That was the interview that uh, Darren Frost and I did with uh, Pete Johansson. Yeah, thank I love you. Pete. He's very, awesome. very funny. Pete's fun. Very, He's very funny dude. shit. The two of us, uh, the three of us, had in the small studio that day. Um, when uh, we were consoling Boy because he's still upset that he didn't get his uh, pedophile gig oh, on, on a reason. <laughs> are there pedophile classes you can go to? No, no. Just to Something act in those you ways? have to work on. <laughs> that just is a natural pedophile uh, vibe work. that you have. A lot of work. A pedophile aura. Well, a lot uh, of schools in my neighborhood, so I get to uh, <laughs> get to work. Oh, is it is it extra creepy if you kind of put your hands in your fingers like you're licking your lips, but you're not licking your fingers, but you're not eating anything? And like, you know, when you're finishing chicken wings then the, and staring through like a, I don't, a mesh I don't fence. Know. 
uh, pedophiles don't act like that. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what movie you saw, but that's not how we act. I think it was that Kevin Bacon one. The uh, What was it? The Woodsman. We have uh, Xboxes. I was just thinking of happiness. That's we have a lot of Xboxes, like... a lot of PlayStation 2s. A lot of free puppies to give away. Old puppies and uh, toys. It's, 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 a, you know, it's a racket. Now, Christina, you were talking. Now, I'm, I'm, not, up on, I'm not up on board with as many... Uh, um, Social networkers. And I'm big into social media. So and I you want a contest when you come on here <laughs> to talk about your pedophile ups and downs. <laughs> the, that uh, was a really funny game that you had at your uh, thing. Oh, oh, yeah. So, this is something that I just recently discovered that you can buy Twitter followers. You can buy Twitter followers. Not that I'm doing it. Obviously, I'm not. But, like, you now I've discovered. And you can, like, look on people's, you know, somebody all of a sudden goes from like 200 followers to like 6,000 followers, like overnight. You're like, that's weird. Like, we're really good luck or something. But then, then somebody showed me, they're like, no, look at their followers. And then you go in, and there's these like spam bot kind of people, and they have um, like zero people following them. They have zero tweets, but they're following thousands like thousand, of people. Yeah. Thousands. Anyways, like who? And I just. Uh, <laughs> like who? I don't know. I mean, I'm not political enough to drop names, but I just found I think that's really sad. Like, who cares how many Twitter followers you have? Like, just tweet whatever you want to tweet. Get the followers that like you. I just don't understand. But do people why brag people are about so that? Insecure that they're like. Oh, I want I want to have six thousand followers. Otherwise, I'd feel like I'm not. But do people brag saying. about that? It doesn't seem like people brag about this like fan pages, maybe. But on Twitter followers, does that make a big deal? I don't think people need to brag per se because you could just like look at their profile and be like, oh, look at how many followers they have. You know what I mean? Like, but I just think that's sad that there's a company making money off insecure people on Twitter and selling followers. Uh, that doesn't surprise me though, because I mean the things that people brag about these days of just any lengths that people will go to be sort of perceived as famous is is uh, right. uh, totally beyond me. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but but people will think that that sort of is uh, that raises their uh, their profile and, and makes them seem like a more desirable person to both follow and be friends with. I don't know. What I the guess fuck? so. I don't know. Would you do it? Would you buy Twitter followers? Dave? Well, I would never do that. Me no, it doesn't mean Boyd, as much to you? me. Boyd, I've, you... I've never been on Twitter. I, I don't know. <laughs> does it? Does it? Does it interest you at, at all? No. Because you are a, you are a, you are a fountain of funniness. You I are. You are a very Boyd. intriguing, uh, hilarious dude. I, well, that's sweet to say, but I got <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> more more important shit to happen. More important things to do. What um what did uh did you do anything for uh, this Canada Day, Boyd? I uh no, I slept, and I'm roasting a duck right now. As we that speak, we're gonna eat later. Did wow. you uh did you get out and do anything fabulous for Canada? Yeah, today? I got drunk with some other comics. We walked around Pride. We watched part of the soccer game. There was a lot going on for Canada Day. There was like 18 million reasons to drink. I got out of it like, you know, I went out at like 5 o'clock, and then I was like, holy shit, I just spent most of the day sleeping and uh, and procrastinating going out. I just started drinking at like 3, and then I was at home at like 11.30, and I was, oh my god, I'm already home? It's that early? But I was hammered. I didn't need to drink anymore. No. If you had to give up, would you, you, don't, you do you smoke grass, Christina Walkinshaw? No, I'm a one-trick pony. Uh, I'm an okay. alcoholic. There is a, uh, a marijuana... No, just kidding. Just kidding. It's There's my a... mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> do you, your, just, your parents like don't listen drinks. to this, do they? No, my parents okay. don't even know anything. <laughs> okay. I don't now, even know if they know I'm a comedian. There's <laughs> a, uh, uh, I guess you would, you, you could possibly say it's a, uh, uh, would you call it a marijuana-friendly venue? 
I would call it a, uh, a hemp-friendly station of love. A, a fem- hemp-friendly <laughs> station of love that Boy Banks is doing a show at. I'm also on the show, and also the very, very funny Mr. Scott Thompson is going to be on the show. Wow. He's headlining it. headlining. Uh, it it's a good, dinner show. It's a dinner and evening show. Yeah. At Clandestiny? At yeah. Clandestiny. Next Sunday at the 8th. The next Sunday, July eighteenth. It is no, eighth, uh, no, eighth, eighth. Sorry, July eighth. July eighth at Clandestiny, which is uh, uh, Queen Queen East. Kick six seventy Queen East, Queen right near Broadview. Broadview, right by Chili's. Go hey, and check it out. Listening. Oh, it's don't you know go to Chili's. One of the best. I think it's my opinion the best comedy club in the world. Oh, okay. Chili's? Not Chili's. No, not Chili's. Clandestiny. Just clandestiny. My bad. It is uh, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. So. It is. It's like a full comedy venue now. There's no yes, pool table is. in the back right. anymore. Uh, she's up to her game. She has a little cafe out in the front. It is really cute. I like that spot a lot. I it's love awesome. it. How do you find playing to those crowds, though? Do you They're enjoy the them? I love it. Best yeah. crowds in town. The yeah. marijuana crowds. I always found there was a lot of nodding heads and a lot of smiling. They're not uh, huge laughers, but I, I find they come around. Yeah. The clan's different than the yeah, other Yeah, I feel like there are good laughers at clan for yeah. sure. They're there for the comedy. And is it, this is like a, a benefit show for the no, uh, owner is, of the club? No, this is this is the show. So the uh, Scott Thompson is the headliner. And he's going to make some money in town. He's a funny comedian. Any any time a comedian can make some funny uh, can make some funny yeah. and some money in town. That is a good cause. That's the point. You know, that's the point of clan. Guys can make money in town. So if you're if you're uh, and listen- come and see them in a fantastic comedy friendly venue. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Scott Thompson, beautiful, very funny Scott Thompson, who just did the uh, what's the, the the country comedy festival? Yeah, Tyler Morrison, the Tyler uh, Morrison show. Festival. He just did that he up does there. A great festival up there. It's and really fun. You can come and uh, see him in Toronto at Clandestiny. Uh, was it six? What's the number on on uh, six seventy Queen East? Six seventy Queen East. Come and Queen check out that venue. I will be there. Dinner Boy show. Banks will be hosting. Uh, Scott Thompson headlining. It's a fantastic we venue. A lot of funny guys. Maybe come I'll come and, by. That's come and check that out. Week. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to come by too then. You can cut the squares of smoke out uh, in the uh, in that room for sure. Uh, that is uh, it. Well, I want to thank our uh, uh, Darren Frost and uh, Pete Johansson for being a Yay. part of the interview that we did. Uh, I want to thank uh, contest winner Boyd Banks. I won a contest. He hit my face uh, with a dart. And uh, got the chance to come in here and uh, and talk about pedophilia, not yeah. pedophilia, but it's 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 the art of uh, pretending playing one on TV. Well, that's what we I think we talked about that more than anything. That's amazing. <laughs> <My> <laughs> that's a good thing about it. Uh, that is it for this week on the show. I want to thank uh, Christina Walkinshaw, Boyd Banks for coming in. Christina, Yay! where can, where can people find you every week on Twitter? Um, I'm at Walkin Sauce. W-A-L-K-I-N-S-A-U-C-E. And then I'm uh, going to be up in Owen Sound in a week and a half or whatever. The Great Bruce, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Great Bruce well, Comedy I Festival. I want to say a week and a half, but really I know that this is going to air in like two days. And so it's not really a week and a half. Like It's more like a week from the time it airs. But that's going to be amazing. It's like, you know, obviously Darren's up there doing the show. Johnny Guardhouse, Alan Park, Ian Sirota, Bobby Mayer. It's going to be so fun. I know I'm probably missing somebody. Kenny. Robinson, it's going to be such a fun time. That's going to be I'm a blast. Excited. Owen Sound, man. If you live in Owen Sound and you like comedy, that's going to be check it's it out. Be a deluxe weekend. And you can find me uh, every week at Dave Martin World. You can join the uh, Facebook pages uh, for Anything Goes uh, with Darren Frost. And uh, we're going to begin to uh, bump up our profile for uh, the Canadian Comedy Award so we can win one of those fucking awards and we can give a, give a speech in front of all those assholes. Uh, and uh, that's it for this week. Please uh, tune in, uh, download us, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't puke on yourself.